everyone, welcome to Momentum Meets, a podcast series hosted by me, Alistair Buddy, Business Development Director at Momentum Broker Solutions. Today, I'm joined by my fellow colleague, Hazel Westwood, Operations Director here at Momentum. Hazel has an extensive career in the insurance industry and has been instrumental in building the Momentum business to what it is today. A very warm welcome to you, Hazel. Hello, Alistair. In this episode, we're celebrating International Women's Day, bringing attention to issues such as gender equality and lack of representation in the workplace. On that note, Hazel, what does International Women's Day mean for you? I think anybody that knows me would perhaps identify that I would be an interesting choice for a podcast about International Women's Day. Because I think, if I'm honest, in my gut, when I hear International Women's Day or Women in Insurance Awards. I dislike that it's necessary. I I have an uncomfortable feeling that we need to do these things. And then when I've got over that and I remind myself that actually whether it's necessary or not doesn't matter. International Women's Day is a great opportunity to celebrate the achievements of women and bring things that are important to women to the fore and get people talking about it. So I'm happy as long as I don't have to admit that women need their own day. And it's an interesting start for a podcast on International Women's Day. (laughs) I did say I was an interesting choice. Maybe that's part of the reason why we're talking today, Hazel. I remember some of the conversations which we had a good few years ago when uh, you looked at the insurance press, looked at the magazines, um, which obviously were showcasing the insurance industry. And I, I know exactly what you're, you're chuckling away thinking about as we speak about this. But the picture of, I think it was five or six white, middle-aged, balding males on the front of the magazine in lovely grey suits with their arms folded. Yeah, I mean, they even wear the uniform. So why do you think the insurance sector is still very male-dominated? I think the sector has, in lots of ways, um, (laughs) a number of things working against it. We have, historically, the, the old boys club, the image of the industry um, happening in the pub over a pint, and I don't think we've shaken that off yet, although we're, we're definitely improving. I think we have the issue of if you don't know the insurance industry well, it, it's, a, it's a STEM subject. It's, it's maths, it's actuarial, it's men. Um, and we know that men dominate the STEM subjects. But I think... The more obvious issue right now is is more to do with the the bias and the people that are in the industry at the moment, because the reality is that we we like people who are like us and we recruit people who are like us. And I'm not suggesting for a moment that people do it consciously, but the reality is those five or six white middle-aged men in suits are the ones that are recruiting the next lot and the next lot and the next lot and that makes it very difficult 
um, for women to get a foot on that ladder. I suppose relating that to your own career, though, Hazel, you've been with Momentum since 2010. Prior to that, you were with Oval. How have you seen things change over the last, I suppose, 10, 15 years? Oh, and I, I think the sad answer to that is nowhere near as much as I would like it to. Um, <laughs> I remember probably 15 years ago, so when I was still at Oval, um, one of the top insurers invited me to a day out, um, and it was it was to get your colours red, of all things. Now, anybody who doesn't know what that is, it's the testing your skin tone and your hair for, for which colours suit you best. Um, now, I had, to, I had to look this up because this wasn't something I'm familiar with. But I think it's safe to say it's a pretty it's a pretty girly thing to uh, invite somebody to, and and I imagine that had I gone along, um, that there wouldn't have been any guys there. So I wasn't invited to the golf, and I wasn't invited to the Formula One, um, or the football, or the rugby. Or even the horse racing. And dare I say it? If anyone, if anyone's mad about cars at Momentum, I d- I yeah, think that's you, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And that was fifteen years ago, uh, and I think that was a was a pretty damning um, illustration of the industry and how the industry saw women at that time. Until at the end of last year, when I was invited by uh, another top insurer who I won't mention to a training day for um, women in the financial services industry that was going to cover topics including, I think it was um, tackling your own inner voice and your imposter syndrome. Um, top tips to speaking up in meetings and preparing for meaningful career conversations both at home and with your manager. So there was an immediate assumption that you're in a position of that you needed all these tools because clearly you don't have them. Yeah and I think I think for me that illustration um, is a good viewpoint on the industry and equality and what we're doing about that and frankly why it's not working because that was from a top insurer um, who I'm sure thinks they're doing a great job championing equality in the industry and yet in that one invite has turned the issue around so that actually it's it's my issue now so if i'm not confident to speak up in a meeting that's that's an issue with my confidence not an issue with the meeting the people in the meeting the environment that i'm sitting within i need to fix me to be able to do that and that actually as a woman I have this inner voice and my imposter syndrome as if women are the only people that have to deal with imposter syndrome 
I, I think we're talking about the problem and explaining the problem rather than dealing with the problem. And the problem in the nicest possible way is not the women in the industry. And yet there is nothing out there talking about the bias, absolutely unconscious, um, predominantly from men, but not completely. Um, there is a lot of bias um, because it's unconscious. We don't realize we're doing it. But uh, until we can all go into a meeting room and um, and somebody doesn't look at the one female that's there and expect them to go and get the teas in, I just I, I just think we're looking at the wrong things. And one of the questions... Which I think is a long way from the question that you asked me. No, 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 look, I think it explains it perfectly well. I mean, one of the questions I was going to ask you later was about what, what do you see the biggest challenge for the for the generation of women behind you? And that's probably that challenge because there's going to be a... a perception that as a woman coming into this industry these are your problems this is what you need to work on i think sadly the challenge for the next generation is the same as the challenge for my generation and probably the one before that i think as an industry we need to wake up and realize that lots of the power to do something about this to improve the number of women that are not just in the industry, but in senior positions in the industry, doesn't lie in the hands of women. It lies in the hands of men. Don't send me on a training course telling me how I should be speaking up in meetings. Send male leaders, senior members of the business, on courses to learn about unconscious bias what they can do to champion women, to help women, to support them. Because as much as those words hurt to say, women in the workplace need those champions and it needs to be conscious. And I don't think for a second that men in the workplace recognize the the bias and the challenges that women have to deal with every day i don't even think women recognize it because i imagine lots of people went on that wonderful invite from the insurer and went on their training course and and didn't think twice about the assumption that they need to work on their confidence and their inner voice and that hurts too, because I want to tell them all the problems, not you. Dare I say it though? If we, if 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 I was sent a course by an insurer to say, Alistair, do you want to go on a course to manage your unconscious bias? I'm not necessarily sure there'll be many sign-ups on that, would there? <laughs> no. And therein lies the challenge for our industry, because until our senior male workforce recognizes the issue and the power that they have to change it, I'll, I'll keep getting invited to tackle my imposter syndrome. If we turn this into how you think a business can benefit from being 
I keep coming back to that word diversity. I'm not necessarily sure it's it, it, it's the right choice of word. It's more about being more more equal. What do you see the benefits to a business by being just that? I think diversity is essential in in a business. You get so much more from a diverse selection of people um, who are comfortable where they're working and comfortable with who they're working with. Um, I mean, if, if we just take the arbitrary line of, okay, so 50% of the people that buy insurance are women. Why on earth would we not involve women in the design and sale of that product? That's crazy. Um, but the same is true of um, different generations, um, get younger people, get fresh eyes. Different people look at things differently. Um, and actually, you need to have a very conscious decision to push those boundaries and employ different people. Because like I say, the, the default setting for all of us is pe people we know, people we recognize, people in which we can see ourselves. And, and if, if we build a momentum just full of people like us, you limit your opportunities, your ideas, the interactions with the team. And I know for a fact, again, a quick Google will give you so many studies about business diversity, women in leadership roles, women having influence over business, um, and the differences that it makes. Businesses that have a diverse workforce are more successful. I've been looking at momentum. I mean, momentum has a very diverse workforce. How important, look, to be fair, you, you've been the instigator with a lot of that, Hazel, as you've been here since day one, but how important is that both personally and professionally for you? It's really important. Professionally, it's important because that's the business that I want to be part of. Um, and that has always been at the forefront of the decision-making at Momentum. We have built the business that, that I want to be part of because I believe that if we build a business that I want to be part of, other people will want to be part of it too. Um, and, and that's the, the premise that we've used from day one and I am incredibly proud of the team that we've got. It's a hugely diverse um, group of people who, who work brilliantly together um, and, yeah, wouldn't change a thing. But if you look at momentum, you know, we, we've, we've got a fairly diverse um, workforce. I mean, 60, 70% of our staff are female? Yeah, I think so. 65%. which um, I wouldn't say is not typical of an insurance brokerage. There's a lot of um, insurance brokerages who would be along similar sort of numbers in regards to male to female ratio. But if you look at it from what we fundamentally do, which is support broking professionals basically starting their own brokerages, 
with only less than 10% of our um, broker partners are female. I personally think that's more down to the historical issues and the, the unconscious bias that's existed for a long, long time. But what's your take on that? Yeah, I, I think that's probably I think that's probably true. I think in order to be a successful um, AR, a successful small business owner going out, talking to clients, um, doing what you have to do to make that business successful. I think one of the challenges is you have to have quite a lot of traits that um, they're putting a stereotypical hat on again are either male dominated traits or they're traits that whereas men are seen as assertive and, and confident women with those same behaviors are bossy um they have a negative connotation and and they're also not likable traits in women because again we subconsciously um we don't expect women to have those traits and i'm plenty of studies will show that women with those traits are not as well liked by their peer group as women without them and and the, and all of those things are are huge generalizations but we don't look for those traits in women and so women have a choice you you either don't show those traits um or you show them and develop a really thick skin and i think that means you get less people in leadership type roles and i think the ar role requires a lot of the personality traits that that actually being a leader requires because you need that confidence to go out your technical knowledge is one thing but to go out and visit and talk to clients um of all different levels you have to have some of those leadership traits and dare i say it they don't get invited on those courses <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they don't need to learn those ones thinking back a few years not that many years ago you'll be pleased to know hazel but um is there any advice you would have given your younger self in regards to how your career has gone and, and where you found yourself at this particular point of time i have been incredibly lucky in my career in that i have had the opportunity to work alongside a number of senior well-respected men in their roles uh, i was reading something the other day about the the sponsorship of women in the workplace which which is a word that i'm still finding really uncomfortable but but I think it's the right word. Um, I've had men in my career who have sponsored me, not mentored me, not given me advice behind closed doors, but 
in the right circles at the right times said hazel could do that and and i think that's what women need we 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 don't need mentoring we've got we've got that bit sorted what we need is opportunities and it is about doing that proactively um and all the way through my career not just in insurance but but before that i have been very lucky in having access to those senior um senior individuals who can make a difference to my career and they have done so so i think my advice to to not me but other folk um would be to go find those people find them hang on to them and when you've got them um pass them on to somebody else um because those people can make the world of difference not just to one individual two individuals um but that kind of support spreads um and makes the world of difference i think the advice that i would give me if i could talk to a younger me um would be to stop apologizing because years ago somebody pointed out to me i've i've always been quite interested in language bias um all of those really powerful things um and i remember reading something about email communication um and i think it's probably widely recognized by everybody that um the same email will be read very differently from um a man than it would from a woman back to our bossy versus assertive bit um but one of the things that women do often and i certainly did often was start an email with an apology so i i would say i'm sorry i'm just chasing up this or i i just need this and with no see and so now i have a golden rule that says you, you don't use the word just i'm already apologizing if i say oh i just need you to do this you know i i need you to i'm i'm playing down and watering down what was already a perfectly polite email so don't apologize don't say just don't feel guilty for emailing people to ask them for things um and certainly don't have that as your default setting because the point at which i realized that um i realized that a most of my email started with i just wondered or um i'm sorry but um and actually that i'd been doing it for years me too mm. <laughs> It resonates with me hugely, Hazel. Um, and, and you're absolutely right. You know, an email is, you know, unless you start name calling, is is always a genuine attempt at communicating yeah. professionally. It's it's a, it's a perfectly nice professional communication without all the all the the bits around it 
to um, to make you feel guilty for sending it in the first place. I saw a headline today um, in the insurance press. Um, it was showcasing International Women's uh, Day coming up, and it read, "Are we there yet?" And I said, "Well," and I thought to myself, without sounding defeatist, I suspect the answer is a definite, unequivocal no. We aren't, and we probably never will. Um, without trying to suggest it's a, it's it's never going to happen. I think, you know, continuing and just probably just finishing off this conversation, Hazel, we will always be trying to manage equality issues, won't we? I would. I can't imagine a time when we're not. Um, or at least things have to change significantly in lots of areas that are not within our remit to change. You only have to look at uh, simple things like maternity leave and um, flexible working and career breaks and all of those things, which are, which are difficult for businesses to deal with and manage and will always affect women in the workplace and their careers and and we ex we still live in a world where we expect for that to affect the women and not the men um yes we have paternity leave but that's that's kind of few and far between um so i think there's a lot of things that have got to change in the um at the much more macro level before business can ever get to um, not just not just equality but but parity that the absolute equal um, whether it's in pay in representation um, I think the idea that somebody would ask are we there yet is um, a, a good example of um, why we're nowhere near there. It'd be a bit of a scary, scary conclusion if someone turned around and said yes. Well, yeah, and and I mean, the fact that you would ask the question implies that again, by by putting it on the agenda, by talking about this stuff, um, that's what we need to be doing, and I would say we we've done far too much of the talking about it um and we actually need to do something about it and then we can start talking about are we there yet because it's people's behaviors and thought processes that we need to change uh, not not business agendas or meeting topics. Well, I think we've run out of time. Thanks, Hazel. I've learned a hu huge amount um, during this podcast. Um, one of the big takeaways for me is, is, is certainly around my stopping of apologising and just using <laughs> the word just in emails, um, uh, amongst many other things, including the unconscious bias. Um, you've covered off very, very well today. Um, so thank you. No, thank you. Please do subscribe to Momentum Moments wherever you find your podcasts or listen to our website, momentumsolutions.co.uk slash podcast.